Does the channel provide value? Focus on the foundation. I am a travel vlogger. It's always about communication. Build those partnerships. What are the problems that you solve for your clients? Just being ahead on the technological side of things. Leading an organization. You not only want to survive, but you want to thrive. They said it wouldn't last, and they said that you can't drive profitable and incremental revenue through the affiliate channel. But here we are, 20 years later, and the affiliate channel is alive and kicking and generating profitable revenue for thousands of retailers across the globe. Hi, I am Jamie Birch, your host of the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast, where we talk to some of the industry's best and brightest about their careers, about leadership, and about how to drive profitable revenue through the affiliate channel. Hello, welcome to the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Burt, CEO and founder of your award-winning affiliate marketing agency, JEB Commerce. Today, I have a special guest. It is Dan Amarque. He is currently the head of partnerships at Involve Technologies. But before we give you a little introduction to the episode, right now, it's the beginning of the year. You're listening to this hopefully in February of 2021. And if you are planning for growth this year, you definitely want to take advantage of our five-step online retail affiliate accelerator. We have a five-step program that we help you go from the sales that you already have right now uh, to exceeding your goals for the affiliate channel and beyond, whether that is new customer acquisition or simply revenue generation. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to jbcommerce.com slash affiliate management to learn about our online retail affiliate accelerator, or you can contact me at gethelp at jbcommerce.com. Now on to Dan. Today we talk about a lot of things from door-to-door sales to misconceptions advertisers have with their affiliate program to the startups and what excites Dan so much about them, also to being acquired on a number of different occasions and in different roles, what that's like as a co-founder to to sell uh, your major project. Uh, So I'm going to just let you guys listen on. This is a great conversation with uh, a good friend of mine uh, and someone I admire a lot for a very exciting career. So dive in, make sure you listen through to the end. There's some great tips at the end. All right. With me today is Dan Amarque. Dan, thank you so much for joining us, uh, me, on the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, Jamie. Thank you so much. How, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing well. It's a crazy week here. Uh, we don't have to get political, but who knows what's going to happen uh, in the States and pandemic and everything. Uh, but we are doing okay. I'm excited for uh, a good productive week. I'm, I'm taking tomorrow off to go skiing with my kids. So uh, I have a, a short week, but yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. What is going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, apart from lockdown and uh, watching what's going on uh, across the across the pond, uh, which is is keeping me entertained um, from time to time, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Um, just work, really. I feel like I'm working like twenty twenty four seven at the moment, but I'm not complaining. There's not much much more to do um, in this present time, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. We're we're, we're pretty busy. With what we're doing at the moment so yeah that's keeping me keeping me off the streets so yeah yeah well that's good keeping you off the streets now we're recording this in on a state side on martin luther king day uh and so you guys are are you in uh in your most severe lockdown from the pandemic right now yeah so we're in tier five now um so we have been since oh i can't remember now i think beginning of beginning of the month or so um, so yeah, we're in severe lockdown, um, no socializing outside your own, um, environment, really your own family home to be fair. So yeah, it's interesting. And how has that been for you? Was it an adjustment for this year? Are you, it's now been almost a year, uh, you know, is it very taxing your family able to adjust how overall, how has that been for, for you? Yeah, so for me, it hasn't been too much of a change, actually, because um, in my um, current role and previous role, um, historically, we've always worked remotely anyway. Um, so work-wise, it hasn't been that much of, a, of an adjustment, which is, um, 
I'm pretty lucky actually. If I think the more I think about it on that front, yeah. um, so but you know, missing friends and you know being able to go out and you know have a drink or just you know just meet up and go for dinner or something like that is yeah something I, I do I do miss. So um, yeah, it's all been done virtually now, isn't it? So um, yeah, that's the, that's the biggest change for me at the moment. It is. It is. My, my kids are now calling me COVID Karen, which if you're familiar with the Karen meme, uh, they have uh, given me that moniker uh, because I am the the one who is trying to keep us all safe and, uh, you know, keeping them from youth groups and, and things like that. It's it's a little different in our neck of the woods, but yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the vaccines come now. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your current role? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so currently I'm, I'm Dan Mark, I'm, I'm head of um, partnerships now. So that's a company called Involved Technology, um, Involved Tech for short. And I started this role back in, just as lockdown was kicking in, actually. So that was back in July, July the 6th, I started this role. Uh, from my previous company. Um, so, yeah, I head out the partnership side of things. Um, and Evolve Tech is, um, we offer what we call a virtual shopping assistant, which uh, sits on e-commerce sites. So it's part of the live chat channel. Um, and we effectively act like a sales assistant on, on, on the websites. So we use um, AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning to understand the kind of queries and questions customers may have when they go onto, uh, onto a website to purchase something. So we help navigate the, that, um, that sales journey, if you like. And we provide uh, contextual product recommendations through our widget um, and um, yeah, push them through to, through to basket and purchase. Now, is, is there a, uh, like a live chat component to that or is it all through, like you said, those widgets? Yeah, it's all machine learning, actually, AI machine learning. So live chat, you need a physical person sitting behind that, um, answering the questions. So where we, where we are able to support that is um, using the AI machine learning to answer those queries 24-7 without actually having a physical person there answering those, those questions for them. So, you know, obviously in the times that we're in as well, you know, uh, it helps a lot of um, e-commerce sites to... Uh, you know, reduce the CS strain on their on their team. Um, we take that heavy lifting away from them and able to answer their customers' query at any time during the day. Gotcha. And and I think we talked on our prep call. You guys act in a in a very similar way uh, to other affiliates. Now, do you offer these services on in a, a kind of a traditional affiliate arrangement? We do, and that's the beauty of our product. So. We, we've partnered with the majority of the affiliate networks globally. Um, so it's a, it's a pure performance play. Um, so, you know, we'll typically work on the same commission structure that they'll pay any other affiliate within, within the industry, really. So. Gotcha. That's great. So a lot of advertisers listening be very comfortable with the, the financial arrangement of, of working with you guys. Okay. Um, now, how did you find the affiliate space? Where, where was that jumping off for you? Yeah, that's interesting. So um, my first stint in affiliate marketing was actually for on the publisher side for my voucher codes, um, which was back in 2009, actually. Um, so that was my first, first role in affiliate marketing. Um, and um, I started there. We were actually... Um, came on board to, to um, they were actually just pushing out what they called a Christmas a Christmas uh, book within the affiliate marketing space, which was on on print advertising really. Um, and then we did that for the Christmas period. So I literally started there in November of 2000, 2009, uh, come up to November or so. Um, we did that till till the new year, and then we formed uh, the company. Well, my Vagicos decided to form an account management team, and then my tr- transition started really there, working with the affiliate networks um, like Rakuten, um, uh, Google um, affiliate network GAN back in back in the day, 
um, and so forth. So that's when my, my career really started in the affiliate marketing industry. And then obviously I was attending the shows, etc. And then once, once, I, once I was in it, there was uh, no looking back, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Now, when you were account manager, I think you were telling me the way that it was broken up is you worked with one primary network and all the programs within those networks on my voucher codes. Is, is that how that was uh, arranged? Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So we were split by, by vertical, if you like. So I would look after um, GAN network, Google, um, Rakuten as well. Somebody else would look after I don't know, affiliate window, um, you know, commission junction, etc. So we split by, by that kind of vertical. Um, and yeah, I'd just liaise with the with the networks internally, understand what kind of um, advertisers they had on on their books, and you know just manage the uh, facilitation of them promoting their offers on MyVachco's website. Really. Now, what was the what were some keys to being uh, successful in that in that role? You know, for affiliates who are listening and are looking at arranging things that way or or looking to improve, what what was uh, you know, what were the keys to being successful as an account manager on the affiliate side? Yeah, it was all about um, relationships, really. Um, you know, really getting your team stuck into the networks, understanding the programs that, that they managed and, and just being really hands-on with the relationship side of things. Um, so, you know, we're lucky enough to be in, a, in an industry where partnerships is, is, is a big thing. So, you know, it's a... It's a pure partnership play in terms of you know working very closely with the with the um, with the networks to really understand the needs of their advertisers and um, yeah just being really flexible in terms of what we could offer them whether it's homepage placements uh, newsletter placements etc um, and just having a, a pure partnership play uh, going forward so I, f- I felt that was. Uh, the key for me to succeed in that in that field. Yeah, I mean, definitely. How many times have we said, uh, and I've said over the twenty years I've been doing this, that it is it's all about relationships. It's it's different than any other marketing channel. Um, now, from for the advertisers that are listening, what are some common like misconceptions that uh, advertisers that you worked with had about? my voucher codes or affiliate marketing in general? Yeah, so I think when I first started off um, in the affiliate space on my voucher codes, the misconception a lot of advertisers or brands had were the devaluation of their product. Um, and that was one of the biggest things that st- um, stood out to my to my mind and I could see. So... Um, you know, we would typically work with a certain type of size of brand or, or you know, or advertiser. Um, but I think over time, we are now seeing a, a more more brands adopting the the use of affiliate marketing and different strategies into into the affiliate mix. Um, so I think that's uh, for me. That's really what stood out for me when um, over over the time I've been in the in the industry. Really, we've seen seen bigger brands adopt. Um, the affiliate marketing uh, strategy to the marketing mix. I'll throw that to you as well. I mean, you've been in the industry for a while. So did you find the same same kind of thing? Are you seeing larger global brands coming more into the space now? Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I do, I completely agree with you on that, that misconception of, of where the affiliates, what we've seen is, it's an emotional reaction they have, especially to coupons. Anytime you say coupon or voucher, um, there's an emotional reaction with a segment of advertisers. And they're without, uh, typically, without data to back up, they believe that those coupon sites can't be producing high quality customer acquisition. Um, just because the nature of the category, uh, category name and what they do, there's always been, and, and this is from when I first started in affiliates in 99, all the way to a conversation I had last week, there's a misconception that these are garbage, uh, uh, sales coming through. I would have paid for them anyway. Uh, there is no technology available to help me with that. Yeah. 
And I can not be in the affiliate space and, uh, and, and I'll do just fine. So we talked, uh, on a number of podcasts, we have a, a bunch of different, um, content available on our site that talk about that in spades. We did a, uh, uh, a sort of a white paper, and I think it's a three, three part series on our site where we grabbed actual data and just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to operate as if that sentiment is correct. Now I want to go and find data to support that. So we worked with I think five or six networks, affiliates, uh, and advertisers uh, to look at the actual data that was coming through. And yeah, there were some affiliates that were producing low quality data, but overall the category was producing higher margins, uh, higher average order value, more frequent purchases. And so the data didn't support, uh, uh, you know, overwhelmingly didn't support that, uh, that sentiment. So going forward now, uh, you know, what I've seen in, in that time, in this, you know, this time frame, we've been through two recessions, uh, a terrorist attack that devastated our country. Yeah. Um, and now a pandemic. And what I've seen every time is in those instances is it forces adoption of e-commerce yeah. uh, and, the channel more. So, uh, you know, right after 9-11, there was a lot of uh, fear about uh, a terrorist attack at shopping malls and large public gatherings. And so those declined. Uh, Well, that forced more people to take their shopping online and that allowed the adoption rate to increase uh, or created a, a, a dramatic increase in adoption of consumer behavior and change in their behavior. Um, uh, recessions moved people to finding better deals that meant more research, and that allowed content affiliates and coupon affiliates uh, and the affiliate channel on whole, as a whole, loyalty, uh, uh, all of that uh, to have a, a bigger impact on the space. And so now with the pandemic, I think we're seeing a lot of that too, is the stores aren't, uh, you know, there are certain places in our country that are open and, and you can still go shop everywhere, yeah. uh, sometimes with a mask, sometimes not, um, sometimes social distancing, sometimes not. Yeah. But as that is not available everywhere, uh, you know, people are still purchasing. Um, it's e-commerce grows because of this. So we are seeing them open to to it when you talk about data if you can get if you can identify that that misconception is either uh you know data driven with past experience or emotional if it's data driven with past experience that's a really tough uh uh nut to crack but if it is emotional that's where we have the biggest opportunity to just say hey let's let's test some things and here's this white paper on of all the technology we have to make sure it's generating what you you look at. So I think what we're seeing is more advertisers are diving into it that have been reluctant to before because technology is available uh, and if they have a really good team managing it, you're just managing to a specific goal. And usually it's not just top line revenue. It, it is going to be new customer acquisition, uh, customer profitability, um, you know, single channel uh, uh, contribution and, and things like that. So that's kind of what what we're seeing now. But a similar movement of people who were reluctant yeah. uh, to go in this channel. Now they they it's they still have the same acquisition goals and revenue goals that they did before stores closed. Um, so they're they're looking for ways to augment uh, that lost revenue. Yeah, hundred percent. That makes sense. Oh, so so Dan, before I want to talk about publisher discovery, you have a really unique uh, experience there, and and the service is great. But what were you doing before the affiliate space? You shared some things with me on our prep call, and it was just uh, I, I don't know. I love to hear about it. So where did your career start, and and what were you doing prior to the affiliate space? Yeah, so. Also, I did a lot of jobs before uh, my um, before the affiliate affiliate space really. So one of the first jobs I I really had was um, it was in sales, but it was I was actually selling kitchens and bedrooms. So um, we would um, we would 
you know, have a team of us. We would go around um, knocking on doors, asking if they'll be interested in a free design for their kitchen, kitchen or master bedroom. Um, and then, you know, we'll get a designer in, they'll then design the kitchen and bedroom for them um, and then take it from there, really. So I did that for about, about a year and a half, two years. Um, and I was pretty good at it, to be fair. So I did that for a while, built a team around me. I was driving around, you know, borders of London, South London, etc., cetera, um, with a team of about 20 canvases behind me. Um, and then from then, I think the winter winter nights got a bit too much for me, and I decided to, <laughs> I decided to um, look for look for something else. So I then moved over to a, a office stationery company actually uh, called Eurostats. They're no longer around, but again, that was more of a, a sales account management role. Um, and I did that again for a short period of time, and then one day I just um, you know, I was on lunch. And I thought to myself, well, okay, do I really enjoy what I'm doing here? Uh, you know, the answer was no. Uh, picked up a newspaper, I looked through the job section, and then I saw a, a company called Exchange of Marks magazine uh, were advertising. So I applied for that. Um, a week or so went by, and then I, I got an interview there. Um, so went in for the interview. I thought it was a great interview, etc. Uh, then um, I just went in for a reply from them. I didn't hear anything back for another week or two. So I called them up again and I said, uh, had an interview, I thought it went really well. Um, didn't, didn't hear anything back. Can I ask reasons why? Um, because of my tenacity, if you like, she, um, she gave me the job. So I started there, which was which is good. So I don't know if you're familiar with Exchange of More magazine at all. I am not, no. Right. Okay. They were pretty big um, in, 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 the, in the UK, actually. So it was a uh, print magazine at the beginning. It had a the motor section. The middle was home and garden. And then at the back, it had uh, business. So I was selling um, to what we call lineage adverts within the magazine, where you would call, I don't know, a car dealership and then you would sell them some space within the publication. It was a weekly publication. Um, and, yeah, you would sell them the space within, within the magazine. And I did that for about five years or so. Uh, wow. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, moved up through the ranks within that. Um, and, then they, and then the digital, they went, they went on, uh, became digital uh, from that. So that's where my digital... Um, career now you start to move into into what you're doing now correct yeah so that was my first stint into the digital digital space and now i want to go back to the door-to-door sales okay i've done that uh when i was younger um uh, i had a paper route so i always had to go door-to-door and always we had these initiatives to go door to door and sell the newspaper. I also in scouts, uh, sold popcorn and, and there was a lot of experience and a lot of emphasis on, on that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but that can build uh, just hearing about that type of job and door to door sales can build a lot of anxiety in other people. Was that when you first started, was that really hard to do? Was it, uh, you know, frightening as it may sound for some of our listeners or did you just that's just the way you're wired you had no problem with it yeah i think um i think initially it was a little bit a little bit daunting knocking knocking on the door but once you've done you know two or three under your belt it felt quite it felt quite natural um and the team my my boss if you like of, of the organization was you know very very confident of, of myself and made me feel like I could I could do anything to be fair um, wow so yeah at that age I must have been 17 18 or so yeah uh, wow yeah so it gave me a lot of confidence uh, within that and then quickly it was about two or three months to, um, into into the job and he could see that I had uh, there was something about me and he, he allowed me to become the, a supervisor within the within the organization and the company. So I quickly then had a team team behind me who 
you know, I would train, I'll give them the confidence, you know, to, to, you know, knock on the doors, etc. And then, um, you know, it wasn't far too long that I could just take a step back and become the supervisor within the organization. So yeah, a lot of credit, a lot of credit to, um, to Nick Derry actually. So, well, Nick, wherever you are, great job. Now, when you manage your own team, what do you, what was the way that Nick uh, motivated and provided that confidence for you that then you transferred? How did, how did that transfer happen? Yeah, he, he just allowed you to be yourself, really, to really express yourself and, you know, um, try different try different techniques, et cetera, without any kind of judgment and so forth. Um, and I think that's with with sales or business development, I don't really see it as, as, as selling. It's a conversational piece, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you feel comfortable having a, a dialogue with, with somebody, I think, you know, it, it takes you a long way within, within sales. You know, a lot of people look at sales and think, right, you, you know, you're going to push somebody into doing something. I've never seen it like that. You know, if somebody doesn't want to buy something and they're adamant about that, they're not, they're not going to buy it. So it's all about having that. You know that dialogue and understanding, and and, and yeah, a conversational piece to to get the deal done, really. So yeah, he gave me that um, that confidence, and you know, allowed me to to you know really express myself and be myself within the organization. I think that helps a lot. That's fantastic. My my father has always said there's there's two things you should get experience on early in your life. Accounting, you should learn how to do that. Numbers are difficult to learn. Do it while you're young. And sales, because you're always going to need that relationship building experience later on. And if you don't have that, um, you know, even finding your next job is going is going to be difficult. Um so definitely, I'm not surprised many of us in the industry started out and, and have done uh, sales work. Now, you've led, you led a team from an early age and have led teams um, you know, throughout your career. What are some of the key, uh, key things about leading well uh, that you've learned and, and carry on today? Yeah, I think it's leading from example, really. I would never ask anybody to do anything that I, I wouldn't do myself, whether, you know, the task is, is you know, um, difficult or easy to do. I think, you know, it's all about leading from from example. And as I said before, let, letting your team be themselves, really, you know, um, and being able to express themselves and enjoy enjoy what they do. You know, I would never ask anybody to... You know, take a job or do something that they did they didn't really enjoy. So it's a big part of the success of of I feel of leading a team is having people around you who a you can bounce off and b you know you can be yourself around um, and have no egos within the um, within the organization. Now tell me about Publisher Discovery. That is where you and I met. Yeah. Um, we had a brief meeting at. Uh, an affiliate summit back when we all could travel more than uh, the the block around our house. Right. Hopefully someday soon we get to do that again. But tell me about the the origin of publisher discovery. Yeah, so that that was really interesting um, period in my in my career actually. So I actually started off. Um, it was actually Linkdex. So um, Linkdex. I don't know if you know too much about Linkdex. But um, Lingdex was a was an SEO um, company, so um, that was the main focus of their business. And then um, a side um, project, if you like, was um, Lingdex Publisher Discovery, um, which was a small team sitting um, beside us. So what Lingdex actually did was they re-engineered the SEO tool um, to um, analyze the affiliate landscape. So um, when I started there, it was myself and Chris Tragett. Um, a, our team leader there at the time was Michael Brandy. So there was literally three of us um, running that small department on our own. Um, I say small department, but, you know, in a, in a fairly big affiliate marketing industry. So, you know, we would go to the, sh- uh, to the shows. The first show I actually went to was um, Affiliate Summit. East, oh, sorry, West in um, Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah, so um, that was the, the first show I actually attended. And it was just myself, 
Mark Flip, obviously uh, Blingdex, Michael Brandy and, and Chris Tragett. So yeah, that's where my, my career started with, um, with Blingdex. And then a few years down the line, three years down the line or so, uh, Blingdex got bought out by um, a Canadian content company called um, Scribble, um, who are a content company. So what Blingdex decided to do was to uh, make some make some changes within the organization and just focus purely on the SEO side of things. So unfortunately, what was happening is that they were making um, our position redundant. So I, the relationship I had with Chris Tragett, who became our business partner in Publisher Discovery, and I guess we'll get onto that shortly, uh, was really, really good. We worked really well together um, within, the, within the department. So Chris was doing more of the account management side of things and I was doing the business development side. When those redundancies happen, I said to Chris, it's like, what would you think they're going to do with the, um, you know, with the contracts of publisher discovery, with the affiliate side of things, et cetera? We had a, we had a conversation around that. Uh, we saw the opportunity that, you know, the, the industry was still interested in the affiliate recruitment tool that we had going on. Uh, we still had a, a tight client client base. Um, so I decided to speak to Mark, the CEO, and ask him the question whether we could you know, continue that business on, on our own. Put the business plan together. Um, he loved it. He allowed us to do that. And then Chris and I branched off on our own and set up publisher discovery as his own entity in his own right, wow. Discovery Limited. And we ran that on our own. So that's where we met as well. So yeah, wow. So that's that's uh that's a fantastic story. So you saw they they probably probably gonna retire the the service as their focus changed. Correct. Uh and what was that like? putting the business plan together and requesting like, Hey, we want to still do this. And, you know, can we take this out and, and do this separately? Was that, was that a difficult thing for you to do? Was, were all the sales training and relationship building you'd done prior made that just a very natural thing to do? Was it a struggle? I'm throwing a whole lot of questions at you, but I'm totally intrigued about how that decision was made and, and how that was done. It's something I've always wanted to do, to be fair, Jamie. I've always wanted to, you know, work for myself in some capacity. I've always had that desire, if you like, to 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 do my own thing and run my own my own business. So when I saw the opportunity. Uh, it was a it was a no brainer for me from that sense, because we were effectively running that department on our own anyway, without any not much backing from the SEO side of things, the Lingdex overall. We we knew that it was something that we could we could do. I, I certainly knew it was something I could do. And then having a conversation with Chris Tragett. You know, he felt exactly the same the same way. So after you know, it was literally a day or so. We just you know got on the phone together. We, we spoke about it. We um, we understood that we had you know majority of the affiliate networks on, on, on our books. So it was just a case of reaching out to our contacts to you know give them the the, the heads up once we got the go ahead from from Mark. Um, at Linkdex, and then once we could do that, then we knew we, we, we could potentially be on to a, a no-brainer good thing. Really. And was was it technically difficult to separate that from another company? Because uh, I know someone listening is going to be in a similar experience. Was it was it very hard uh, to like make it a new legal entity and and all that? Yeah. So you know we had to set up the you know go through company's house etc you know jump through all the hoops and hurdles etc to, to get that to get that set up um because the, the because the department was already called and the product was already called linkdex publisher discovery we had already secured a dom domain name etc so it's just a case of making sure that um, publisher discovery was was available as a domain um 
thinking back, I think we were, we were trying to actually push for uh, another name, but we ended up with just publisher discovery um, dot, dot com, uh, which was perfect anyway. It, it does what it says on the tin. Everybody knew yep. what it was. Um, so it was a case of just negotiating ne- negotiating with Lindex to for us to, to keep the name and just take off the, the Lindex part of it and just run with publisher discovery limited. Awesome. So tell our listeners, what does publisher discovery do? What what problem does it solve? Why is it uh, something that advertisers should be looking at and utilizing? Yeah, sure. It's a good question. So publisher discovery enables um, advertisers to find new affiliates, simply. So what it does, it, it analyzes um, the affiliate landscape, understands um, the affiliate tracking links. So um, it allows you as an advertiser to understand the affiliates or publishers your competitors are using and you effectively create a gap analysis to then see the gaps of affiliates that you're working with compared to your competitors and then cherry pick those competitors those affiliates and bring and recruit them and bring them onto your, your own program and that's globally anywhere in the world Oh, outstanding. And so that that sort of is the holy grail, helps you get the holy grail of affiliate marketing is those new publishers. And uh, that's what everyone is talking about right now, whether that's influencers or um, uh, more uh, sort of uh, uh, joint venture partnerships and, and different things like that. Everyone is looking for, you know, new blood, so to speak, outside of the top you know, 20 affiliates that they already have. So you guys help them find exact or publisher discovery helps them find exactly who those are uh, so that they can reach out and start bringing them into their, uh, into their affiliate program. Exactly. Exactly. So it saves them a lot of time rather than, you know, going onto Google, trying to find the affiliates, et cetera. You know, it's very time consuming, you know, using publisher discovery allows you to find those publishers in one centralized point. Um, understand your publishers linking through to your to your competitors so you know a you know that they're relevant publishers you know you're saving time and you know they're driving traffic to to your space so it's it's easy pickings for you awesome awesome now you're no longer there day to day you're at involve talk to me about how that happened yeah sure so so for me, we we published a discovery. Chris and I ran that for two and a half, three years coming up, and then we, you know, we we grew that business really well. You know, surpassed our expectations actually, which was which was great. So that was, awesome, yeah, really exciting time time for us. And then um, three years down the line, we were acquired by CloudFind. Um, so CloudFind brought AI machine learning to 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 the technology, um, re-engineered it as well, added a, a few different components onto that. So where we would look outside of the networks and you know analyze the whole affiliate landscape, so competitors can to recruit affiliates from anywhere in the world. Um, CloudFind also brought in um, an internal publisher. Um, discovery element to the technology where it will allow ad, uh, networks to to mine their own affiliates within their own network and match that to their advertisers. So what that means is an, uh, an, an advertiser could understand the affiliates within their own network that they're sitting on and also recruit affiliates oh, wow. out of their network and bring them bring them on board as well um so yeah so that acquisition happened um which was which was great and then to be to be honest jamie i felt like i took it as far as i could take it and then um i was introduced so i met with involved technology actually at one of the shows in vegas so i met with um emma smith who's the ceo there um at um, involved technology and she's a super smart lady um, and a few conversations with her. I totally loved the technology. Um, and an opportunity came up um, beginning of this year. And, you know, she introduced it to me. said, Dan, you know, we're looking for a head of partnerships within that organization. Um, you know, a 10-minute conversation again with her around the role. And, you know, I was sold. I thought, 
this is something that I could really get my teeth into and start start a new venture, really. So, again, it's in the startup um, remit. So, again, you know, something that is close to my heart in the startup environment. And, yeah, yeah. it's a no-brainer for me. Was it hard to leave the day-to-day of publisher discovery? It, it, it To me, it kind of feels like uh, uh, your baby. Was that difficult to, to realize? You know, I have done all I can here. Um, it's time for me to try something else. Was that difficult? Yeah, I, I, it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy decision, don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, I think with publisher discovery, because we were moving, they were moving more t- towards an online automation kind of service, um, I knew that, you know, we had the relationships with the networks globally, um, all of them. Um, so for me, you know, the, the move across to Involve was, was, you know, wasn't that difficult for me to really think I'm going to get my teeth into something new where I could really add value, etc. going forward. So um, I knew I'd taken and published the discovery as far as I, I could go. Um, and I, I was ready for the for the next challenge, really. Well, you definitely sound like uh, you're a, a typical entrepreneur. Take it so far. I got to get something new now. Uh, that's awesome. Now, there's two words I've heard you mention a couple different times, acquisition and startup. I kind of want to dive into those for a little bit. What was it like to be acquired? You've gone through that several times now and in, in different roles, you know, as an employee and then as a co-founder. What uh, what was that like to be acquired, and, and what, what what was it like to be acquired in different circumstances? Yeah, so with Publisher Discovery, it was um, it was it took it took a long time to be fair, back and forth, back and forth. If I remember rightly, it was um, there's a lot of negotiation, yeah. a lot of paperwork that you had to you had to go through. Um, luckily, I had Chris Chris by my side. To, to do to do that side of things and our and our, fi- our finance team, which was great, um, but it felt like it took it took um, a, a while for that to actually um, to go through. But um, it was it was exciting, but also quite um, quite scary in, in in some ways in terms of you know as you mentioned letting go of your project if you like. Um, and then opening that up to different ideas, um, etc. So, um, and you know, with Cloudfind, they had a huge backing behind them, etc. So, when it was just Chris and I, you know, we can just rely on ourselves and you know, you know, innovate ourselves and and you know, run run the organization um, without having to, you know. Get a, a yes or no from from you know shareholders mm-hmm. and so forth. So that was not a lot of red tape and decision making. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that was a, one of the, the, the challenges, and that I felt a lot of fear fear around. But you know, once it happened, you know that that fear was what was gone. It was um, yeah, it was a you know great team that, that came on board there. Um, Obviously, a larger, larger team with a lot of experience, etc. So, um, yeah, that was one of the bigger, biggest challenges. I feel dealing with more people, etc. Yeah, and I, I, we, you know, there's been a lot of acquisitions in the affiliate space, and and um, uh, in the past, we've had companies look at us, and that is, uh, that was my oh, my biggest thing is I, I don't want, I never wanted to. Uh, sell myself into a job. Yeah. Uh, I very much enjoy working for myself, um, and it's allowed me to create uh, the life that that we have. And so, I that was always my biggest concern. Um, how how do you think you got over that? Was it just like this is the natural progression? Um, was there a lot of conversations at home about what the next step is? Yeah. Um, so. I felt it was a natural progression. It's something Chris and I had spoken about, um, you know, in our time of running publisher discovery. We didn't know what happened so quickly, in all honesty. 
Um, but that's credit to to, to to us in all in all honesty and the relationship yeah, yeah. Within, within the industry and the you know the growth that we had in that short period of time. Um, but when it did come, it was um, yeah, it was you know the, the the fear of the unknown was 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 there. But when it did happen, you know it was it was smooth. And as I said. What CloudFind were bringing to the technology was, you know, was was a perfect match. So it was the right thing, right thing to do to take it to the next step with the online automation automation side of things and the internal um, product recommendation and mm-hmm. um, so forth. So yeah, I had no no qualms around that. I definitely felt like it was the right thing. Awesome. Now, there, like I said, and and we've both seen a lot of acquisitioning, a lot of acquisition and aggregation going on yeah. in our space right now. For uh, someone going through that right now or thinking about looking for a, a, a buyer, um, do you have any tips or advice for them before they get started, or if they're right in the middle of it? Um, yeah, um, obviously, you know. You've got to do your homework in terms of in terms of those buyers. You've got to make sure that it is the right fit for for you as well as as well as them. Um, I've never done anything purely for the financial gain from my point of view. It always has to feel right for me. Um, you know, and, and, and you know the finance side of things will always come. I believe so. You know, I would never. I would say, you know, don't ever sell, sell your soul. Maybe it's easy for me to, to say yeah. that, but, um, um, you know, make sure that clients are coming first, your, your, you know, your base clients are coming first and, you know, the service is still going to be the forefront of what you're, what you're doing, especially if it's been successful over, over many years. You know, you've got to keep true to that value. Uh, make sure that, um, you know, you look after your advertisers who effectively you've been partnered with and they've been looking after you. Um, and um, yeah, and yeah, just good luck. Good luck in that, you know, and enjoy the ride. Yeah, you know, I uh, I enjoy the ride. I have always struggled with that when making big decisions like that, enjoying the, the, the moment that you're in. Now, you have been in startups almost your whole career. What is it about startups that's so exciting for you? Oh, I, I, I love the, you know, the day-to-day of not not knowing exactly what the day is going to bring, if that makes sense. You know, everything mm-hmm. different. Um, you know, one day I could be doing the business development side of things. Next day I could be doing account management. You could be doing a little bit of finance. You can be talking about, you know, strategies to, you know, pivot the, the, the you know, your, your offerings, etc. And what I do, love, I really love about it is being able to s- switch tactics fairly quickly, you know, rather than having yeah. to, you know, get permission from board members and you know whoever you need to you need to get that from. So um, I just love the fast pace, the fast pace of the of the of the, of the, of the startup environment. Really. Well, that kind of brings up, you know, one of my last questions for you. As you're, you know, you've, you've led organizations now, you know, you're, you're leading a team, you're head of partnerships. Uh, the last 13 months have been, you know, definitely the last 12 months have been, you know, pretty crazy for everyone. How do you plan your three-month, one-year, three-year plan in this age of uncertainty where, uh, you know, even recently, like you said earlier, you guys went into the uh, uh, was it tier five lockdown again, the beginning of the month. Yeah. Things were looking good prior to that. How do you plan, you know, your department's goals? How do you help the company plan when things can change so quickly right now? Yeah, um, I think we set for us, uh, especially at Involve with, with, with them, actually, we're really flexible. We've got, obviously got our business business strategy and our goal for for the next three six months uh, and so forth so we know where we, where we need to get to as a, as a business but if a strategy is not working um like you know covid happened uh, etc and um 
you know, dealing with our, our, our partners. We were, you know, she allows us to be very, very flexible in, in, our, in our approach and our thinking with our partners uh, and encourages that, in fact. So we would have our strategy for the next three months. Or the, however, we're always evaluating that bi-weekly, uh, monthly, and if it's not working, you know, she'll be the first to say, let's switch it up, test something new, uh, and then see see how that goes, really. And then constantly just re-evaluating re our performance and making sure you know we're on track to hit our, our business our business goals, really. But um, as I mentioned before, it's all about, you know, she allows you, and we allow ourselves to be flexible, be yourself, enjoy what you do, um, and yeah, just take take the rough with the smooth. Really, that's that's my advice to advice to all. Awesome, love that. So, my last question: um, It sounds like involve uh, involve tech is what I would consider a technology affiliate, sure. where you guys provide something beyond just a web, not just a website, but beyond a website to find. Uh, you know, new companies to buy from, purchase from, deals and things like that. So what do you think going forward in 2021 and beyond, what's the role of technology uh, affiliates, um, you know, right now and going forward? Do, do you think those expand and become a bigger pool of the affiliate industry? Is that the driver for innovation in our space? I think so, definitely. I'm definitely seeing a a shift from um, the affiliate networks, if you like, really adopting, um, you know, the third-party technology providers and providing that as a, as a, um, you know, revenue driver for their for their brands, um, and being open to that really. So, you know, if I look back a few a few months ago, I think it was quite um, the, the adoption was wasn't. As quick a, a take up from from our partners and our, our, their networks, but I'm definitely seeing a shift across that now within the affiliate affiliate networks and the agencies as well. Um, really looking at third party technology providers like ourselves um, and bringing them on board. So I, I think definitely in the future um, and now it's definitely the um, the new set of publishers or affiliates, if you like, within our space, which we're, you know, we're going to see more of that um, coming in. Yeah, and definitely, especially the ability to use the technology you guys uh, offer on a uh, performance basis yeah. limits their uh, initial outlay of uh, budget uh, and allows them to test things like this uh, more easily because they don't have to spend, whether it's their own development, uh, budget creating things like this or, uh, another, uh, vendor who charges you to have all these things, uh, take care of. So before, uh, before we leave, tell us just a little bit more about Involve, uh, technology, what, what the advertiser could expect to see, uh, and what it's like to, to work with you guys. Yeah. So for us, um, and as you mentioned, for us, there's no there's no setup fee to work with us. We work through through the network on a performance based um, model. We've recently just brought on board um, Mark Bloomberg, who's spearheading our US um, strategy going forward as well, which is which is great. So we're expanding, um, and yeah, so we build our virtual shopping assistant. We call it. Uh, for you, uh, with no cost to yourselves at all. Um, we set up is super easy. We typically ingest your frequently asked questions from your website. We then plug in your data feed or product feed um, into into the virtual shopping assistance as well. Um, and then yeah, we build the we build the VCA in your own brand colors and tone. Give that to you to test in your own environment. Make sure it's answering all your the queries correctly, um, and then yeah, we just set it set it live. It's a small piece of JavaScript code that goes sits on your on your website. Yeah, that was my other question. Yeah, very simple to to technically integrate. Exactly, exactly, and it's a pure performance um, play. So you, you just 
take a small commission on any sales that we're able to drive through our through our widget through to through to your basket. Now, uh, can it in- be incorporated into like a tag manager? Correct. Yes, it can. Okay. So yeah, all the tag managers um, um, through the networks or or or, or yourselves. Really. And do you guys have any limit on platform that the website is on uh, that you can't work with? No, we can um, we can integrate into into most of them. There hasn't been one that that we we not been able to integrate with um, at the moment that, that I'm aware of. Um, and because we are a, a virtual sales assistant, and what you will see is um, some sites will already have a a live chat on their website. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can plug into those as well. So, you know, the likes of Zendex, et cetera, who are out there, we can integrate with those as well, um, which is great. So, um, you know, what we typically see is that 60% of live chat conversations are missed sales opportunities. Um, so where we use our AI machine learning is to understand those queries customers may have within, within a website, um, and then, yeah, provide a product recommendations um, through through our widget. So we're doing two things: we're acting as a sales assistant, and we're also driving sales and reducing um, the strain on the customer support team. Outstanding. Now, if someone listening wants to reach out and learn more about what you guys to have to offer, uh, what's the website URL, and and who and how can they reach out to you? Sure. So the website URL is all the W's, Envolve, which is E-N-V-O-L-V-E, tech.com. And yeah, you can reach out to myself. It's dan.a at envolvetech.com. Awesome. And I will include those uh, in our show notes as well for anyone who is interested in reaching uh, reaching out. So what I, I love about these technologies is it's it's... Uh, a lot of people look at affiliate channel as solely acquisition uh, and uh, new customer acquisition, but they also don't see as is our, our a conversion uh, tool uh, to to help you with those lost uh, carts and cart abandonment with that you already have on the site. You can bring in a service like what you guys have uh, and increase the sales through the traffic you're already getting. New traffic is always difficult to get. If you can convert more of what you already have on the site, that's a, a huge bonus. And it's nice to see you guys have that uh, option. I, I definitely want to introduce you and this to the rest of my team so they can uh, integrate that with uh, their clients as well. Dan, thank you so much for spending the time today. Uh, really appreciate uh, uh, getting to know you a little more today and on our prep call and very uh, exciting career path and love the door-to-door stuff in, in the beginning of your career. I'm, I'm sure that did so much for you in building relationships uh, throughout your career. Really appreciate you taking the time with me today. Jamie, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on on your show. Um, I've enjoyed it and thank you so much. Awesome. Well, we will include a bunch of this stuff in our show notes uh, and maybe we'll get a chance to have you back later this year to to talk about a host of other things I wasn't able to get to. But Dan, thank you again and have a great day. You too. Thank you. Cheers, Jamie. Dan, thank you so much for a very intriguing conversation. Learned a ton uh, today. Now, you guys, if you're listening and you want to see or you want to read all these tips and key points from our conversation, definitely check out our podcast on our website. So you can go to jebcommerce.com slash podcast. And there includes every episode of our podcast as well uh, as a summation of our conversation that includes contact info uh, when available. You can actually play the podcast there, but it also includes uh, top tips and highlights and quotes. So you can find a whole lot more there. Uh, this was a really intriguing conversation, really learned a lot of uh, some good leadership lessons in there. And the most is, you know, what I'm seeing and what I'm what I'm hearing from Dan is, you know, be flexible, and especially when it comes to planning for this year. What I love what he talked about, bi-weekly evaluation of your plan uh, and are we on track for that? Lots of testing. 
flexibility, constant evaluation, and to be yourself. One uh, a thread that Dan weaved throughout the entire conversation is the importance of being yourself. And we're going to dive into that more with some other conversations we have uh, coming up. But make sure if you're interested in finding out how Involve Tech can help your website convert more of your customers that are already there, make sure you reach out uh, to Dan to remind you there's no setup fee. It's performance only. Um, you can integrate with a tag manager and really no platforms uh, keep you from doing that. So uh, really cool product. Uh, we're going to be introducing it to, to uh, our clients uh, when it is appropriate. But if you'd like to be a guest, you can email me at gethelp at jebcommerce.com. We would love to talk to you about being on the podcast. And if you found this episode uh, great, please share it on all your socials. And we would really appreciate a five-star review, whether that's at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or the player of your choice. Uh, and if you have recommendations or feedback, we would love to hear that as well. And you can contact us at gethelp at jebcommerce.com. Now, since the start of the pandemic in early 2020, I have set aside my Fridays to help you. So if you need help with anything we talked about today or anything uh, revolving an affiliate program and affiliate marketing in general, uh, please go to camelly.com slash Jamie Birch and you will be able to set up time with me directly, uh, whether that's 15 minutes, half hour, or even an hour to talk about these issues. So please take me up on that. Uh, I want to do what I can to help you be successful uh, in these turbulent times. So thank you again, and please leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think of the podcast.